Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is March 2017, the March Madness edition of the Seton Hall Sports Bowl. Hello, everyone. My name is Seth Everett. I'm here with the director of the Seton Hall Sports Bowl, Rick Gentile. Rick, do you have March Madness? I always have March. I, I have March Madness in July. Is, is this tournament, the NCAA tournament, obviously, is what we're discussing. But before we get to the results of the poll, is this the most fun you have in sports? It, when I was in the, at CBS in the broadcasting business, yeah, this was by far my favorite event. I think it's the greatest grassroots sporting event in the United States, maybe the world. What what is it? It's it, it has drama. It has surprise. It's unpredictable, but yet some of it's predictable. You don't have to be a basketball fan to love it. There's some intangible thing. Do you, can you put your finger on it? Well, it's it's uh, the unpredictability is is paramount. I think. Um, yeah, lots of times favorites win. You always get the Dukes, although of course they lost. Um, you always get the North Carolinas. The North Carolinas. Um, or the Gonzagas. And yet sometimes you don't. And what I think is the most compelling thing, or the reason it's as compelling as it is, it seems like everybody's involved. There's schools from lots of different states, lots of different places. There's athletes from lots of different places. There's coaches. It seems like everybody has a rooting interest. And so in this era of big business and sports becoming big business, the idea that the NCAA tournament is just this cash cow, and as we segue now to the results of the March 2017 sports poll, and this idea that it is such a huge revenue generator for the schools, for the NCAA, for, for everyone involved, shouldn't the players get a piece of the pie? Well, I, I don't really have an opinion on that. My I guess my gut is um, that... All these years, it's been a great honor for a student to participate in this event, to get a, to be a scholarship receiver from recipient from a school, to to get to your education for free, to get to play big time basketball, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and yet, I recognize that that there's been a sentiment lately that there's so much money being thrown at the NCAA, which, by the way, redistributes it. The NCAA is a not not for profit. Um, there's so much money involved. Shouldn't these kids get something out of it? And, you know, as, again, one argument is, yes, they should. The other argument is they already do. So let's get to some of the results. 53% responded yes to that question. Is the NCAA, college athletics in general, too big a business and that's thus detracts from the university's academic goals? 53% said yes. 35 responded no. To say that it's too big a business... Are we talking about the, uh, the the student athlete that has a chemistry test on Tuesday? What 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 was the target there? Uh, you know, the the target is the, there's a lot of again you you read a lot about it. There's a lot of sentiment for the fact that billions of dollars are being spent. The NC, the uh, CBS Turner pays f unbelievable amounts of money for the rights. There's incredible amounts of advertising support behind it. There's lots of money being thrown around. 
do you think that it's now that the universities are now f- so focused on this event and the and potential profit and the potential revenue that the, it's distracting it's de- detracting from from the academic goals um people think not not so overwhelmingly but people think yeah it is well, th- this idea that it's too big a business, you know, I've often said that if you go on the campus of Duke University in a year that the, the, the Blue Devils win the national championship, it's not like classes are canceled on Monday. There's still philosophy going on. There's still science going on in the arts. And so I just think there's a delineation. And this idea that college athletes present this rallying cry, I have said this a, lo- a lot, and this is not about my alma mater versus yours or anywhere else. I needed notebooks when I was in student. I needed notebooks that had my school's name on it. I needed a logo because it motivated me. It pushed me. I believed in that institution and thus that extra hour of studying or that assignment on a paper or whatever it happened to turn into, it meant something because they have that. And sports helps bring that. I think sports does more than help. I think sports in a, in a lot of very large ways um, it becomes the most important part of the branding. I personally, you know, again, I don't like to sort of give my opinions. I'm sort of talking about he- here's what the public said and here's what how I interpret sure. that. But in this case, I do not believe that the, the largeness, the, how big it's become, takes away. I think it, 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 I think it enhances. I guess it could... You could say, well, it could be damaging, but I think precautions are taken so that it's not. I think it, I think they're careful to protect the integrity of the schools, the integrity of the student athletes. So, you know, I I, I think it's it, hell. It's certainly a very large event. It's one of the biggest sporting events in the world. Um, but I think the I think the best interests of the student athletes and the schools are taken into consideration. All right. Then, when asked how much importance universities do place on graduating basketball players, now that's a very small sample size. We're talking about you know, 10 to 15 players uh, from a school as opposed to we're not talking about the fan bases, which is in the tens of thousands uh, of people, even in the millions. 58% said they believe the schools placed either a high or medium importance on graduation. I don't think anybody's begrudging that. No, I think, and I think that's a positive thing. So, so the answer to, to the first question was that we think that the, the, the uh, tournament has gotten so large that it detracts from the the uh, academic goals. But the second question is, hell yeah, but we also think that it, it is important to these schools that the that the kids graduate, and I think that's really true. Well, here's the interesting part ab- about that is you know people talk about basketball players and college basketball has seen a change over the years because uh, no longer do players that are any good. Uh, stay the four years they go off to the NBA. Basketball is a superstar-driven sport. It's a, a, a driven game. One player, two players can change the face of the team. And if those players are NBA-bound, um, now we're talking about less than 1% of college athletes. College athletes do not go to the NBA. But the college athletes that everybody wants to see are the ones that are going to the NBA. And there's a very interesting question on whether or not the tournament loses something because players only go for a year. And I, I'll, I'll draw a parallel. I think it hurts the regular season. This is, I'm not speaking for the poll. I'm not speaking for you. I think it hurts the regular season because the familiarity with the players doesn't happen. 
But once the dance happens and it's the NCAA tournament, people catch on regardless of if we're playing. Well, I, you know, I, I think it certainly it hurts um, when when players are, are one and dones. Uh, Kentucky has made a kind of career out of doing that lately. John Calipari has, has stated publicly that that's his goal is to get, if he can get five great kids that are coming in, play one year and leave, it's not a bad thing. But when you think about college basketball and yeah it hurts the regular season and that you're not familiar with the players if i say to you duke basketball what's the first thing you say their coach right and that's college basketball more so than the pros it's the coaches right yeah i might not know who coaches the cleveland cavaliers but i sure as hell know who coaches villanova university that's a great point uh both the nba commissioner and the president of the ncaa have suggested raising the minimum age to that end uh, of eligibility in the NBA draft from 19 to 20. It used to be 18 uh, to be in the NBA draft. Now it's 19, and there's talk about 20. Um, that would essentially raise the commitment to college basketball from one year to two years. 19% thought it should remain at one year, but 41% favored two. 26 said there should be no limits. When asked this question two years ago, the numbers were 12 favored one year, 56 two years, 23 no limits, not a huge difference except for the 41% that favored two years this year versus two years ago. Yeah, it is a significant difference um, for, for that in that category. And, and I think you'll see the trend throughout this poll where people are more sympathetic, our respondents are more sympathetic to kids being allowed to commit on their own time. Um, there's there's more sentiment towards compensating the kids in, in addition to scholarship, more sentiment towards allowing a kid to come out a year early, um, and, and it's a pattern. And I think the, re the reason is there's been a lot of attention lately about lawsuits, about exploitation of student-athletes, uh, names and likenesses being used by video game companies that, that has now been outlawed. Um, and it's gotten a lot of attention, and I think people are now a little more aware of the fact that that perhaps these student-athletes should be getting something in addition to scholarship to the point where most, of, certainly the major conferences, are now giving what they call cost of attendance, an incremental stipend, basically, to say to, to give money for a kid to, to go to the movies on a weekend, to go back home on holidays if they, they might not have pocket money. You know, you're taking, in many cases, particularly in basketball, you're taking lots of inner-city school, school kids sending them away to a school, giving them a scholarship, room and board tuition. And can't, they can't earn money. They can't earn any money. They're not allowed to work off campus because it's a rules, it's an NCAA violation. And they can't even go home on a holiday because they don't have any money. Right. So th this is all positive. This is a trend that I think the public is seeing, is recognizing more and more, and as is the NCAA and the member institutions. If you were LeBron James and there was an age limit of 20, would you go to college if, if that had to be done? Now, remember, LeBron James was drafted. There was no age limit. The age limit was actually in place because of, because of LeBron James, and then it became 19, and that's famously Carmelo Anthony, um, the same draft year. Um, the idea of that's be when tre it became trendy to be one and done. If you are a, a high school star, if you are LeBron James and you are 18 years old, do you go play college basketball? <laughs> I wish I had that 
dilemma to deal with. Um, well, I know this is something you think about often. Yeah, that's right. I thought about it when I was a high school senior. Um, you know, the, the, the answer is you could go for a one and done. You certainly will get an, an opportunity somewhere. Well, no. If they if they propose it to two years, if they if the new age was twenty, you'd have to go for two years. Yeah. Or do you go to the NBA Development League? Can you do that? You can. Or would you go play professional ball in Europe for two years? You know, I mean, I, I, the, there are options. Um, so it, it, I guess it really depends. If you're if you sort of say, I just don't feel like being a student. I really want to be a professional basketball player but the rules prohibit that in terms of the NBA. I'll go play professionally in Europe or in Israel or in Africa or where, you know, wherever there's leagues. What role does the NCAA have in any of that? Isn't that solely Adam Silver in the NBA? That, that if the NBA decides to raise the age, there's really nothing the NCAA can say or do about it? Well, yeah, I guess technically that's true. The NBA controls its own draft, but they would never do it other than in concert with the NCAA. They would, you know, that... that becomes a consultation they, they you know major discussion etc but yes ultimately ab absolutely it's the nba's decision all right let's look at some more of the numbers here 45 percent of the nation felt student athletes should not share share in tv revenue or receive a salary for participating 40 percent saying they are exploited by not sharing in the revenue and should receive compensation men are more likely than women to believe that students are being exploited and people 18 to 44 are much more likely to believe they are exploited than those over 45 yeah i mean again men tend to think that um that student athletes should be receiving more than the scholarship whereas women tend to think you know again the first part of the question is it, it, People consider it an honor to be able to participate in the NCAA tournament, represent your university, and you're getting a scholarship for it. Is that enough? And women tend to think yes. Well, but the problem is it's also Title IX because the idea is that there are only certain sports that are revenue-driving and that anything for um, a, a woman's basketball player, uh, if, if a men's basketball player is going to be compensated, so should the women. And so should the volleyball player, and so should the, so should the swimmer. And, I mean, th that's where the, this gets into a slippery slope because you cannot look athletes in the eye and say, you're all on scholarship, but we're paying the football and basketball players. You just can't do it. I, I have taught at Seton Hall University. Um, I have had students who are student athletes. I've had this conversation with basketball players in the room. And I, at one point, a, a, a woman who was on the swimming team said, wait a minute, I work just as hard as the basketball player. I get up at 5 in the morning and I have to go swimming. And she's right. In January and I have to jump in a pool. And, I ha and I, then I have my classes. I, nobody's ever even mentioned compensation. And she is right. You know, so the answer is... They're both right. Well, but there's money in it to go around. Now the question would be, would you consider if if you're going to pay student-athletes because there's so much money coming in, where should that money be allocated? If you're paying student-athletes, you have to pay all of them. But if you want to tell me that the university takes that money and turns it into new buildings and hiring better teachers, like I don't think that money just gets pocketed. It's as suspicious as we all are of the NCAA, I don't think there's just some guy with a big vat of cash under his mattress, you know, saying, ha ha, I fooled all of you. And he, and he goes down to his condo in uh, Bimini. Um, 
look, there's a great disparity between what certain universities receive, not not from the NCAA, but you know, from television deals. The Big Ten schools get money from the Big Ten network, which is very successful. The SEC gets lots of money from their network, plus the TV deals they do. But schools in, for instance, the Big East, there is no TV network. There is no football revenue. They don't have a lot of money. What what the 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 money they get goes not just Seton Hall, but but many schools goes towards the athletic department and the and the academics. Um, it's nobody's getting rich in these small schools. But what the, what it does do what what the money that's that's granted as part of the NCAA basketball tournament from the NCAA, it does enable that swimmer to have it enables Seton Hall to have a swim team. To have a volleyball team, to have a lacrosse team, and have uniforms and things and like that. Exactly, and and facilities in the gym, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, there's real value in this. It's not some sort of clear cut. They're taking advantage of these kids, and they shouldn't be. Forget scholarships. Give them a salary. Then we're talking professional sports. Now, has the public changed in 2012 uh, and 2013? The same question was asked: uh, Do you feel providing a scholarship is sufficient for athletes? In 2012. The number was 69%. In 2013, it was 71%. But now, in 2017, the number has dropped to 60%. Again, people are more aware of the fact that that there is a lot of money at stake here, that there's a lot of, a lot of revenue to be, to be acquired by the schools. The kids are, not, are now getting, as I said before, in addition to scholarships, cost of attendance, the lawsuits that have been filed against some schools, some conferences, and the NCAA in recent years have been resolved for the most part. And the end result is there is a cost of attendance stipend that's been getting distributed. There is more than just, quote, just scholarship. Um, and I think people are more aware of it and think that that's a fair way to go. Would you ever consider asking if the respondent, if the person on the, on the phone currently has a student loan? Because I, I, I would love to know. I would forget a percentage, forget a, a, a factor, forget demographic. I'd like to know one person that pays a student loan on a monthly basis that has a bill that they pay a university and a student loan then says the scholarship's not enough. I, I, w- I would love to meet that person. They can come on the podcast. I think that's very true. And, and, you know, and I am thinking maybe next time we ask the question, we should say, do you or does a relative of yours or a child or whatever, member of your household have a student loan? Have a student loan because there, there, there is a compensation. Now, if you want to say the rules, just to, to clear up this argument, because I don't want to be misconstrued. People listen, you know, in snippets and this is not a radio show. That's why it's a podcast. And that's why podcasts are better than radio shows. But this idea that you're telling me that an athlete has cockamamie rules where they can't work at Best Buy uh, in their own time or they can't work in the dining hall, that is a completely valid argument. Uh, If you want to tell me that there should be spending money so that a player can do visit his family or or buy a cell phone or, or, or do things, if you want to go to that level, I totally understand. But to discount the scholarship, that they are already getting, where in most of these institutions, I would love to know what it costs per year to send to the 16 remaining NCAA schools. I'll guarantee you the average is somewhere in the $35,000 range. To get four years of $35,000 worth of tuition, scholarship is payment for basketball. 
Yeah. Yes. I mean, um, you know, I think that's certainly the NCAA's position, um, and that's most of the university. In fact, probably all the university's position. Um, and I th- and I think that's the way the courts have been handling it. Nobody, well, I shouldn't say nobody. Very few people really want this to be turned into a minor league for the for the NBA. Um, you do the idea of a student athlete is not necessarily a negative thing. It's okay to be a student athlete. It's okay to survive on a scholarship. And yeah, I mean, I I I sent two kids to school. I sure wish they played some sport that was revenue producing um, and got scholarships. They didn't. Um, but yeah, it, 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 you're right that that uh, anybody with a student loan or anybody that's put kids through college or put themselves through college w- would have a different concept of of the value of that scholarship. Without without question, there, there there's no doubt in my mind. All right, um, interest in the tournament versus the NBA playoffs. Let me say that over. Interest in the tournament versus the NBA playoffs virtually even. Thirty percent saying they are more interested in the NCAA. Twenty nine say the NBA. I, I just I think this is apples to oranges. This is this is not an apples to apples argument. Just because there's still a sport called basketball, just the idea of the ultimate in competitive balance versus the ultimate in non-competitive balance is it, it, it's almost comical. I, I, I mean, I don't know how anybody could even say that the, the chance of an 11 seed to go to the sweet 16 is not much more achievable than a six seed in either conference going to the conference finals. Well, the, That's night and day. The question is not which is fairer. The question is, which are you more interested in? Um, and, Oh, well, that's what's I'm more interested in then. They didn't ask me. The um, right. Well, I mean, it depends on how on where your interest lies. Um, interestingly, a few years ago, the the interest in the NCAA tournament, at least the the professed interest in the NCAA tournament over the NBA playoffs, was more significant. Um, and and I don't know, maybe you know, maybe that's LeBron James and Steph Curry. I, it could very well be. Um, the fact is that a basketball fan. This is the ultimate in college basketball, and next month or the month after will be the ultimate in professional basketball, and you still have to put the ball in the basket. I got nothing for that. Um, 46% of respondents felt that most or all colleges break the rules in recruiting athletes. I mean, we know they do. Yeah, that's one of those things where you're never surprised to hear that there are recruiting violations, and I guess that's the the impetus for the response to this question. I, I'm not surprised by it. I, you know, it's just... Are you surprised that number's not higher? Well, you never hear... I was just going to say, you never hear about, oh, by the way, uh, uh, you know, Oshkosh University um, didn't have any recruiting violations. That doesn't make the, the, the headlines on Center. So, yeah, I'm kind of surprised it's, it's not higher. Now, to the part of the poll that is, uh, in my estimation, most comical, only 13% of people said they filled out a set of brackets or participated in a poll over this year's tournament. 13. The highest response we've ever gotten to that question. 13%. Yeah. Look at the Yahoo numbers and look at ESPN. That's fine. It remains fascinating. 35% of the nation say they follow the tournament either closely or very closely. And of those 35%, all of them who said they didn't have a p- bracket are lying. Um, asked who makes better role models and given a choice of five options, teachers, coaches, college athletes, pro athletes, and politicians. 
you're a funny guy. 52% said teachers, 17 coaches, 9 said college athletes, 9 said pro athletes, and 3% said politicians. I'd like to get those guys on the uh, on the podcast, those 3%. And that's yeah that that I, I I had the exact same reaction. Who who are the three percent that said politicians? That question I thought was interesting because um, originally I was just going to do pro athletes or college athletes, and then I thought, well, let me add coaches. Well, let me add. So, so there you go. No, teachers win. Teachers should win. Teachers will always win. I love it. The Seton Hall Sports Poll has been conducted regularly since 2006. It is conducted by the Sharkey Institute at the Stillman School of Business for Seton Hall University. The director of the Seton Hall Sports Poll is Rick Gentile. My name is Seth Everett. This has been the Seton Hall Sports Poll for March 2017. We'll see you next time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.